You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, Real Paranormal Activity is proud to present the Sandman Lullaby with your host, Patrick Sean Jones. Have you ever heard the wind go, you? It is a pitiful sound to hear. It seems to chill you through and through with a strange and speechless fear. It is the voice of the night that broads outside when the folk should be asleep. And when many the time I've cried to the darkness broad far and wide over the land and the deep whom do you want O lonely night that you wail the long hours through and the night would say in its ghostly way you 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 my mother told me long ago when I was a little lad that when the night went wailing so, someone had been bad. And then when I was snug in bed, whether I had sent with the blanket pulled up around my head till I think of what my mother said and wonder what boy she meant and who been bad today, I'd ask. Of the wind and the hoarsely blue and the voice would say in its meaningful way, You, you, you. That this was true, I may allow. You may not believe it, though. Yes, though, that I'm quite a model now. I was not always so. And if you doubt what I say, suppose you make the test. Suppose when you've been bad some day and up to bed are sent away from mother and the rest. Suppose you ask who's been bad and though you hear what's true for the wind will moan in its restful tone. You, you, you.
yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Guess where you're at, duders and dudettes? You are back in the Sandman Lullaby here on RPA Network. That's the real paranormal activity network all the way this time from Tampa, Florida. But I was trying to think of a great show for you. And I was trying to think of great legends or people I could bring to you. But to do that, I have to go all the way across the pond to do that. I think that's actually, is, is, that, is that what they call it, Tim? Is across the big wide ocean deep. The, the, big, the big ocean. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I want to introduce you to Tim Del Peterson. He's a legend in the Tampa Bay area. He is, well, you are, he's uh, one of the famous bards of the area. He's all the way in Cardiff, Wales right now. And uh, he was, I'm, I'm sitting here watching him on uh on a on a video feed right now and he's eating as we're doing this and i i'm starving to death but the way i the first way i met tim back in the day he is the very first person that actually introduced me to haggis and it was it was haggis pizza if i do remember yep. and if if you could imagine eating haggis by itself and being on pizza itself, he, he wandered up to me. He was like, here, here, laddie, why don't you try some haggis here on this pizza? You know, of course, you know, being the redneck in Florida, I'm going to sit there and go, no, that's okay. And he's like, come on, man, grow some balls. You have to try this. you got to have some balls to eat some haggis pizza. And I tried it. No, it, we're, was it wasn't that bad. It was, it was actually very good. So, uh, Tim, why don't you give us a little background about yourself so we, I can introduce you to the uh, RPA Network fans that are out there? Okay, well, uh, I'm from Cardiff, Wales. And, of course, as you know, Wales is the land of song, famous for its poets and uh, bards. And I used to do, back in the day, I used to do what we call historical battle reenactment. So we used to dress up and fight the Vikings, and we'd tour all over the country. And it was the Vikings versus the Saxons versus the Normans. And everybody dressed up, and we did everything authentically. But the thing that I really got interested in was the poetry. Because, of course, in those days, everything was recorded in epic poetry. Right. And you weren't anybody until you had a poem written about you. And then you were enshrined in... Um, the legend at the time and <clears throat> in fact they used to say that when there was a battle if the poet walked across the battlefield nobody would harm him because they knew it was like equivalent of burning down a library because he had all the knowledge of the tribe in him and he had all the laws and of course he had all the, the poetry that enshrined the names of the heroes and everybody wanted to be enshrined as a hero so nobody wanted to kill the guy that did it so it was a great profession to have uh, unfortunately, the first time I tried it out, we went to a banquet with the King of Wessex, which is uh, Bristol, and uh, their poet stood up and recited in Old English, so <laughs> not even uh, regular English, he recited a poem in Old English, so I stood up and I opened a book, 
and I started to read translations of ancient Welsh poetry. And everybody started tutting and umming and ooh and making groans. And I didn't, I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. Well, I realised what I was doing wrong was I was reading the poetry from a book. And of course, in those days, nobody read anything. Memory. That was the whole thing. So you, you, it was taboo for basically you to do it by by reading it from a book. To read from a book was just completely not acceptable. Oh. So I learned my lesson and uh, I started composing little poems about the war band of the Cantref Briannol, which was which was our band. We had a guy called Greg who was our king, and he was also uh, by profession a psychiatric nurse, so that eminently qualified him for the job. <laughs> and uh, you know, I even got myself a little harp, so I could walk around and pluck the strings of the harp and wax lyrical about everybody and that's how i got interested in uh, celtic mythology and pagan religion really well you're the one that actually introduced me you uh another thing that tim did he was the original host of the show that i do on wmnf tampa which is called psycho realms and uh he actually did a full reading of uh god what was it an old english uh, Beowulf, which is probably never Beowulf. been, which was probably never heard of in the the states, done live by somebody uh, doing it in uh, Welsh. Yeah, which was actually it's Beowulf, I think, and uh, might even have done um, the Gadolin, Gadolin of Anirin, which is a poem about three hundred and thirty-three Welsh heroes who rode out to defend the king. And of 333 that rode out, only three came back. Oh, really? The two sons of Aaron, and I, by dint of my brilliant poetry. So in other words, the Saxons, when they discovered the poet, they let him live so that he could go back and tell the king how utterly defeated his army had been. Wow. Well, Tim... He sang the eulogy or death song of all the warriors that had been slain. Yes, Patrick, it's lovely to see you. (laughs) Well, you 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 enjoy your coffee while I'm watching you do it. Quick question: One thing I really want to find out about this, since we we're talking about dreams. Okay, now in your your area and your expertise, when you were over here in the states, and compared to where you're at right now, back home in uh, Wales. Do you yeah. notice a difference in your sleep patterns or your dream patterns being from so far away from your own native land? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, I, I, I always used to have trouble sleeping over there. I don't know why. I don't know whether it was the heat or, uh, or what. But uh, I used to find it difficult to sleep when I was in America um, as opposed to over here where I do really well. Um, but I can't say I noticed a huge difference in my dreams because when I was dreaming I would always go to the same place the the realm of dreams and I guess we have a universal attachment to that place wherever it is so there may be many ways in there but um, it's always the same place when you get there so where do you think dreams come from? Um, well, I've read somewhere that's supposed to be the mind emptying itself of unnecessary rubbish. 
and it's just the fact that uh, we humans have such great imagination that when our mind is getting rid of all this stuff that it doesn't want to remember we construct it into to tales and experiences but I like to think that there, there's a bit more to it than that that the, you can receive in your dreams messages and inspiration and after all if it is just your subconscious emptying itself well you know that can tell you something by what you're dreaming about what your mind considers not worth keeping um, so I think there's something in that and I also think this I, I like the the ancient ideas of dreams being inspirational otherworldly inspiration or a way of communicating with other worlds and other people so I do like a bit of that element to it so have have you learned stuff from your dreams that you really don't think you would have ever learned from the waking world oh yeah absolutely yeah can I've you had dream experiences which have been quite informative well give me an example so, well there is in Celtic tradition there's this thing called the Imrama and the Imrama is basically a vision quest so it's not dissimilar to the Native American tradition where the Celts used to believe that you could go on this Imrama of discovery and uh, communicate with the gods communicate with the other world and discover important things and perhaps the most famous Imrama is the voyage of Brendan and he took off in a little skin boat with a couple of other monks and sailed to the west and he landed on many different islands all of which had interesting different inhabitants like giants or silver birds or fountains and eventually he found a land in the west which they recognized as being Tir Nanog, the land of the young, the ancient Celtic land of the young, which is where the original inhabitants of Ireland, the Tuatha Dé Danna, were supposed to have left when the Irish came and conquered Ireland. The Tuatha Dé Danna were supposed to have left and gone to live in Tir Nanog, the land of the young. Now many people of course believe that this was America. And centuries later when the Vikings retraced the steps of Brendan and his monks, sure enough, they discovered Iceland and then Greenland and then America, which they called Vinland. So, one of my favorite dreams is uh, when you're dreaming of either flying or sailing and you're traveling in your dream and you get to go and visit mysterious places. I always enjoy that kind of dream. Um, I remember one that took me up a mountain and into a cave in the mountain. Uh, but for some reason, there was a jungle in the cave in the mountain. <laughs> so, <laughs> instead of going into a cold, damp, dark place, it was a really bright, sort of cheerful. And perhaps that, that was a bit of prescience of my trip to Florida, because I had it before I went to Florida. So maybe I was having visions of what it would be like to live in a subtropical paradise where it rains every day at four o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> if I remember, that was one of the things that you talked about, that you wanted to come to Florida, or more or less central Florida, and look at the different architecture compared to the architecture of uh, your own homeland. That's one thing that well, really... what I was doing 
Yeah, I was actually following the legend of a Welsh prince called Madoc. Now, supposedly in the 11th century, Madoc left Wales and um, joined with a, a brother of his who was called Aririd, who was an Irish prince. And they took 10 keels with them, 10 boats, and they sailed out west again. And they supposedly landed in um, uh, Mobile Bay, Alabama. And if you go to Mobile Bay, there's uh, two islands either side of the bay. And on one of the islands, there's a plaque commemorating the landing of Madoc in 1170, 300 years before Columbus. Oh, really? Yep. And if you go to Mobile, public library opposite the library there's a genealogy library and they have a big file that's stuffed full of stuff about this prince maddock and uh, there's a local poet there called julian lee rayford who writes extensively on the subject of maddock and even had a statue of him erected I think. <laughs> and so what happened was supposedly these welshmen uh, traveled up the uh, up the river up the kuza river um, and had a big battle with some Indians and they lost and they were driven up the Mississippi-Missouri River until they ended up living in um, an area just south of the Canadian border and became known as the Mandans. And when the Mandans were discovered they found that they had living amongst them people with white skin and blue eyes and red hair and they used to fish in these what they call bull boats, which are very like Welsh coracles. They're woven boats, basket weave boats covered in bull hide. Right. Make these blue beads. And the only other people in the world that made these blue beads were the monks who inhabited Colly Island, which is just off the west of Wales. And they said that they had a Welsh Bible, which they treasured, which had been brought over the oceans by first man when he came from his homeland to uh, to live in America. So there you go. And a great deal of money and time and effort was expended in pursuit of these Welsh Indians. <laughs> I can tell you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson, in fact, when Thomas Jefferson sent out um, those two famous explorers, they were actually carrying a map that was made by a Welshman who had gone up the Missouri River looking for the Mandans. So Lewis and Clark's expedition had as its foundation a map that was drawn up by a Welshman called John Evans who had gone looking for this lost tribe of Welsh-speaking American Indians. You know, so, I, I've, said, I, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, it never surprises me to hear American history brought to us by someone all the way from Wales. You usually surprise me with it because a lot of the stuff that's taught nowadays in our schools that I found out, you know, they don't, they don't even teach cursive in schools anymore. I mean, everything's print. Right. That's one thing. Well, to... you know, we've got similar problems in our schools. The English school system has just switched to a system where instead of getting A, B, C, D, E, F grade, you now get graded one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and nine. So. Really? Yeah, it's an attempt to match it to the rest of the world somehow. I don't understand how. But, um, I've never heard of that before. <laughs> what people are complaining most about is the fact that they don't teach art and they don't teach music anymore right. in school. Right, right. When I went to school, you could choose a musical instrument and study it. 
And nowadays, you're lucky if you get to see a piano. And I think it's a real detriment to the education system that people aren't learning art and music anymore. Okay, STEM is important, science, technology, maths, but art is equally important. Because whilst engineering might give you the tools for life, um, I think art, music, gives you the meaning for life, you know? Without right. art and music, life would be pretty dull. Yeah, yeah, it would be. It would be. Okay, you told me about the positive thing that you were able to work with your dreams. Let's go to the dark side just for a second. Uh, do you do you suffer from nightmares anymore or anything like that? commonest nightmare I suffer from is the one where you're being pursued, you know, where somebody is chasing you. Right. And uh, I frequently, well, I would say frequently, but I occasionally I have dreams like that where I'm being pursued. And you're running and you're trying to get away. And usually you can't really make out who it is that's chasing you. It's usually just some sort of dark, anonymous, shadowy figure. But you know they're coming to get you and you know you've got to get away. <laughs> you know you've got to run like hell. And so that kind of dream can be quite exhausting when it comes upon you. And um, go ahead. I've never really had a... I don't have terrifying nightmares anymore, I'm glad to say. Right. I used to when I was a kid. I used to have awful nightmares when I was a kid. But I've sort of grown out of those. Did you ever have the... Uh sleep paralysis or anything like that i've found out a lot of our listeners actually still suffer from uh, sleep paralysis no it was very interesting listening to that native american guy tell a story of the, the shadow that pursued him from his friend's house yeah 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 the dream within the dream as soon as he started talking about the dream within the dream think, oh i'm awake and then no you're still dreaming no that's terrible no i'd hate for that to happen that, that's never happened. Yeah, that would actually freak me out. Have you ever did a uh, studied astral projection or anything like that? I have indeed studied astral projection. Yeah. Okay, tell me about some of the the calming processes that you lead into that with. I studied I studied with a Celtic shaman. Okay. And uh, basically, one of the things that we studied was a kind of meditation where you deliberately try to project yourself um, and it's a it's a meditation so you sit um, and meditate it's not something you can do sleeping and um, what you try and do is project yourself usually to inhabit the spirit or body of uh, an animal so you choose a particular animal so you might choose an eagle you sit there meditating and try and project yourself into this eagle so that you can experience flying for example or you might do it at the root of a tree and try and project yourself through the tree all the way up imagine yourself your force if you like your energy climbing all the way through the tree to the um, the leaves at the top of the tree and experiencing the sun and experiencing the rain that sort of thing and it's a very interesting exercise in sort of conscious meditation to try and gain sympathy, if you like. What, what the object of the exercise is to gain sympathy for other living creatures and to try and see things from their point of view. Because part of the basic Celtic shaman's way of life, if you like, is to have an empathy and sympathy for every living creature, not just other humans.
Right. And so the idea is to see yourself as a part of the, the whole living experience. How old were you when you went through this? Um, I, I was in my 30s, you know, I came, came across it rather late. I had sort of been reading on the subject. Right. But it's totally different when you meet someone that's a practitioner and they start to give you guidance. That's a completely different kettle of fish. I mean, you can read all you like in a book, but until you actually meet someone that can talk you through things. Um, so to anyone that's um, interested in Celtic mythology, the best thing you can do is get your ass over here and come see some of them anyway. Have you ever actually slept at one of the, uh, like you just said, the megaliths and the the, the sacred yes. areas? How How is it actually to sleep in one of those areas? That's great. There's, there's one near us called Tinkerswood Burial Chamber, and uh, it has a hedge around it of hawthorn. And so at certain times in the spring, this hawthorn will bloom white, and when the moon comes out, the whole place is just illuminated in moonlight. It's absolutely magical. There's a really good book, if you can lay your hands on it, which is called A Gazetta of the British Isles. And it's published by Julian Cope, the musician, who used to be the lead singer of Teardrop Explodes. And what he did was he, he calls himself the Arch Drood, D-R-O-O-D, and he took himself off around Britain with a camera and a sketchbook and he visited every ancient monument in Britain that he could find and took photographs and made notes about it and he published it all in this book. It's an absolutely brilliant book for anyone that's interested in the um, megalithic history of Britain. Um, I can't recommend it highly enough. I think that's all it's called, the Gazetta of the British Isles. But it's by Julian Cope. And I had a copy, and I think I lent it to the dude. <laughs> he gave it back to me, so there you go. Well, if people are wondering who the dude is, that's uh, he does I a... He's not casting stones. Uh, this is the dude from... Uh, well, he was the dude before the Big Lebowski came out, so uh, yes, he, he he's the original dude. Uh, let me get through this real quick before we uh, take off and... Uh, call it a bye-bye uh this is usually a final question i usually ask people and uh this is usually you know everybody has their own viewpoint of how they basically want to answer this but uh living or dead if you're going to meet somebody in your dreams who would you like to meet you know i think it would be very interesting to meet jim morrison the uh, poet and singer of the Doors, because he was also very interested in shamanic um, practice, if you like, and uh, he was born right there in St. Pete, or at least he was brought up by his grandparents in St. Pete, I do believe. Yep. Uh, I think it'd be very interesting to meet him and have a chat, either him or Timothy Leary. <laughs> either one of those is great, great picks right there. Not a problem with any one of those. Uh, okay, Tim, what I'm going to do is 
I'm going to give you the chance uh, because here on the RPA network, we have uh, listeners that are all over the world. I mean, all the way from Australia to Japan. I don't know how they understand us in English, especially me since I stutter all the time. And, uh, well, you, you with your English, you're much better with your English than mine. But uh, I'm going to sit back, and uh, I want you, this, this, is your, this is your time. This is your time to shine. You shine for years here at the station. But I want you to go ahead and uh, give your words of wisdom to the people and uh, let them know what you think. Okay? I'm going to sit back. Let it fly. Oh, okay. Well, basically, um, as a proponent of Celtic shamanism, I believe that all the earth is made of energy and that you are part of that energy. And the best thing you can do is to tune in, tune into the energy of the world and uh, try and um try and live your life in harmony rather than in opposition um and if you can do that you'll be doing very well hey i wonder if i play some music if you can hear it the other end let's try it see if it works what you got you hear that yeah i got that This is part of a musical version of the Gedogan of Aniron. Now what's that? Test Department is the name of the band. And it's it's a musical setting of the poetry of one of the most ancient bards of Wales. I'm just wondering if he's going to actually do some poetry. Let's try. It's been a pleasure speaking to you, Pat. Tim, it's always a pleasure talking to you, man. Especially all the way over there. And especially when you're eating and I'm sitting here in the studio and you know I can't have one bit of food in this studio. Because I'll get yelled I'll get yelled at. Let me say this out real quick. Huh? I had toast with honey. Was that what that was? That was toast with honey? <laughs> we don't have no bees left in Florida, dude. They're all dead. Uh, don't forget on Monday, you have Aaron Hunter with uh, Real Paranormal Activity, the podcast. He reads you your stories and replays them back to you and lets you know uh, basically the world of the paranormal like nobody else really can. And on Tuesday, you have Aaron's Horror Show. That's with Aaron Frail. He basically goes through horror stories, horror movies, horror books. So basically, you really don't have to actually study them yourself because a lot of stuff coming out of Hollywood in these different areas actually does pretty well suck. And on Wednesday, you have Terry's Mysterious Moments. Uh, that's Terry from Texas, and he does like cryptoids. He talks about Bigfoot. He's been talking about different ghost encounters and ghost stories actually lately. So, uh, Terry's the man, and basically the whole network is a very good thing. So, uh, Tim, before I disappear, what are you showing me a book? Which book is that? This is the Bardic Source book. <laughs> I don't think any, I don't think anybody else can actually see the book while we're doing this. I'm the only. I'm the only. Yeah, well, there, there's no video that I'm going to put on the podcast. So, <laughs> uh, it, has, it has a quote from Taliesin's Bardic Law, 
It says, I am a bard. I do not vouchsafe my secrets to slaves. I am a guide. I am a judge. If you sow, you will labor. It's basically saying, don't be a farmer, be a poet. That's how you do it. Hey, Tim, how can they get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you? I have a page on Facebook. It's A-R-T-H-M-A-W-R. That's Arthmauer, which means the great bear. Arthmauer. That's your DJ name. That's my cool DJ name, and that's where I post stuff about heavy metal goings on in both Tampa and over here in Wales. And we're looking forward to obituary coming for a visit. Is that a plug? Well, they're going to be coming to Wales on uh, November the 5th. So I'm trying to persuade them to burn a, a Guy Fawkes alive on stage. <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, what, what? Go ahead. I've got Death Metal Dave working on it right now. Oh, really? You got Dave working on it? That's yeah. a, that's actually pretty cool. That's pretty cool. I'm sorry we're, we're bringing in heavy metal business into the world of dreams, but basically that's what I do. I work for a metal radio that's station. How that's how we met. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, Tim, say bye. Goodbye, everyone. And, <laughs> and you've been here in the Sandman Lullaby. Ha, 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 ha.